Okay, good morning. How are we all doing? It's a joy to be sharing God's word with you today. And I wonder how you're doing, really, um, truly, if I asked you that question honestly. Perhaps you're feeling tired this morning, um, weary, hard-pressed, like Thomas was speaking about earlier. Perhaps that's a word for some of us this morning. Or maybe... Um, you're feeling great, you're feeling on top of the world, everything's going well for you just now, you're feeling connected, you're feeling rested, um, perhaps that's you. However you are feeling, God knows and he's here and he longs to meet with us. So we're looking at the topic of encouragement this morning because we all need it, don't we? More than ever, we need it just now. And as I've been pondering this topic over the last few weeks, I've wondered what it would look like for us to be a people completely saturated with encouragement, constantly giving and receiving encouragement to each other, known for generous, radical encouragement to us, to each other and to the world as well, to be constantly giving and receiving. So some of you will be surprised to hear that I watched a bit of the football last week. Give me a, a nod if you watch the football too. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tom's just thinking, a football analogy? Really? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think most of the world did, didn't they? I'm not usually much of a fan of football, but I thought I would tune in and see what was happening and what all the fuss was about. And also Thomas was out watching it, so I thought I could surprise him when he got home if I would watch the last wee bit, and then I could come out with a few comments about the football. <laughs> but when I tuned into it, um, call the midwife must have finished or something. <laughs> when I tuned into it, it was the penalties, um, which is really nerve-wracking, isn't it? It's so much pressure um, to, sh to get these goals. Um, but what surprised me the most, or what fascinated me the most, actually, was after the game had ended. The match had ended and um, the manager embraced one of the younger players. He embraced his face. He spoke to him. The player had missed his penalty and the manager was speaking into his eyes, speaking into him. I wondered what he might be saying. And then I later discovered that that same manager, Gareth Southgate, is it? <laughs> had also missed his penalty 25 years earlier when he was playing a game. So he must have known exactly what that was like. He must have known how gutted the player must have felt and knew exactly what to say at that time. And he showed everybody that there's no punishment for trying, didn't he? So we're going to look at a character in the Bible known for this kind of living. He's called Barnabas, known as the son of encouragement. I love his story. An ordinary man used by God to do extraordinary things. He was the unsung hero who was a faithful friend to Paul. And ultimately they saw um, the explosion of the early church. So I'm going to give an overview, um, dipping in and out of the story of Barnabas, um, drawing on various scriptures in Acts, various parts of Acts. So Acts 4 verse 37, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, meaning son of encouragement, sold a field he owned, brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So Barnabas was generous towards God. 
He was a man of wealth in the world's eyes. He had money. He had a field, which would have been a lot of money. It wouldn't have been a small amount by any means. All of his wealth and his stature would have been tied up in the land. But he sold it all. He laid it all down and gave it to the Lord. He knew that to be a follower of Jesus, he had to be generous. And then we have Saul, later known as Paul. He was originally Saul of Tarsus and spent his time persecuting the church and the believers until he had an encounter with Jesus which changed everything. In Acts chapter 9, it says, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Then he heard a voice. It was Jesus, and he fell to the ground. And Jesus told him to stop what he was doing and to listen to him. And he then went on to be baptized and preached fearlessly and taught in the synagogues. It was just an encounter with Jesus which changed everything. I wonder what you're longing for this morning. I wonder what your heart's desire is. I wonder if you're at crossroads right now. One encounter with Jesus can change everything. We worship the same Jesus. He is here this morning. He longs to meet with you. The apostles, they were a little unsure about this drastic change in behavior. As you can imagine, Saul of Tarsus was responsible, um, of course, for the murder of Stephen. He would have been a huge threat to them and dangerous as well until he was stopped in his tracks and everything changed. But then we have Barnabas, who, who saw and believed in Paul. And he spoke up for him and he commended him to the apostles. And they trusted his judgment. They trusted Barnabas's judgment and so welcomed Paul in. And we can see this in Acts 9 verse 26. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Paul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. You see, Barnabas saw something that the others didn't. He saw what the Lord was doing in Paul's life. He noticed the favour and commended him to the others. Can be a bit like that for us, can't it? Sometimes it takes somebody else to notice the sparkle and to call out the gold, to notice something that the Lord is doing and placing on our lives. And this is what Barnabas did for Paul. He was for him, he was behind him, he believed in him. And as I look over my life, I know that God has put encouraging people in my path various parts of my life. Friends that have seen and called out things in me, seen a glimpse, seen a sparkle when all I could see was dust and called me out and called me on and cheered me on. And the same goes for us here as Inverness Vineyard Church. It has been birthed in courage and encouragement from others. Faithful friends. Faithful friends are so precious, aren't they? 
Paul needed Barnabas. And we need each other too, to listen, to lean in, to be heard, to be seen, to be prayed, to be championed, to be spurred on by one another. And as a couple, we've been um, championed and cheered on for years by faithful friends. They've called things out in us that we never knew existed or could see for ourselves time and time again. And we've also had the privilege of standing alongside others and doing that for them too. And it is a joy to see things when you call it out, God breathes on it and to see it come to life. So Barnabas, son of encouragement. It's a cool name, isn't it? Nicknames, they're a funny thing, aren't they? Sometimes you get a nickname at school and it can stick for the rest of your life. (laughs) Hopefully a nice one. (laughs) Or maybe you bump into an old friend and you remind them of the old nickname that they once had. Maybe you have a nickname that only your family and close friends know about. And as I was thinking about the uh, nicknames and wondering about my my nicknames, I realised I've had quite a lot over the years. Growing up, we had family friends and they had three boys. And the boys used to call me Chubby Cheeks for a while. (laughs) Awful. Thankfully, it didn't last long. Thankfully, it didn't stick. But I still remember the scars (laughs) still there. I better be careful what I share on here. And when I worked in Aberdeen, um, the girls used to call me Mango because I loved eating mango so much. And then when I was pregnant, they used to call the bump Mini Mango. <laughs> and then my brothers and I, we once made up nicknames for each other and mine was Maddie the Mermaid. That was for a wee while. And then, um, but mostly they call me Maza or Maz. And my dad calls me Pop for Poppet. Um Quite a few, really. And then I was remembering when we were in Ellen, our house in Ellen, which was Aberdeenshire, came with two sheds. And (laughs) when we went to church one morning, the whole band had come up with this name, Tommy Two Sheds, for Thomas, (laughs) which I used to think was hilarious. He would get Tommy Two Sheds, or Techie Tommy, which still, uh, still he gets from time to time. So I wonder about you guys. Any nicknames out there? Um, If you've got a nickname, um, why don't you share it in the chat? We'd love to hear it. Or, um, of course, if it's appropriate. But yeah, (laughs) we'd love to hear any nicknames you've got. So they're not always a negative thing, are they, nicknames? Barnabas was a man full of faith. And he must have been so encouraging. He had the name Son of Encouragement. So much so that when the Jews eventually found themselves going forth with the message in Antioch, the early church was in need of support. It was just a new thing, just a young fledgling church. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that they needed help, who did they send but none other than Barnabas? In chapter 11, 22, it says, News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So it says he was glad and encouraged them. And we read that this wasn't just a one-off, it was again and again and again. He encouraged them constantly. And I love this. The early church was birthed in encouragement. 
And this too should be our story. Our church should be full of encouragement. The church should be full of encouragement. I believe that the most encouraging place on earth should be the church. As heirs to the Father, it is the greatest gift that we can give to one another to actually put courage into another person, to actually give the gift of courage. Wow. Let's just let that sink in for a minute. How much fun can we have giving and receiving courage? Faith to go again, to dig deep, to keep on keeping on, to spur each other on, inner strength. You might be listening to me today and thinking, um, that's nice, Mary, what a nice talk. Um, And then go away and forget everything I've ever said. Can I challenge us to more this morning? To spur us to go to Jesus, to ask him and to pray, to fill you anew, and then to look out at the world around you. I wonder who he would have you speak to today, tomorrow, this week. It doesn't have to be anything big, but begin to trust the nudgings of the Holy Spirit and see what he can do. Because these nudges, they're often so much more than this. They can be prophetic insights from the Lord. You might be sitting one day, enjoying a coffee, looking out of the window, gazing at the world going by. When you begin to think about a neighbour you haven't seen in a while or a colleague that you've been getting to know. And in your mind, you begin to have a conversation with them. Perhaps you bring them flowers or you have a chat about your faith. What is it that they say back? What is it that they do? These can be divine interventions from the Lord. And it's often how he speaks to me. Just a wee thought, just a wee nudge. But then sometimes you might go too far in your mind and begin to overanalyze and overthink the whole situation. You can talk yourself out of it and begin to think it's absolutely none of my business and I better just stay out of it. Might I encourage us and remind us of the words, the famous words of Nike um, trainers that say, just do it. Let's be a people that just do the stuff. Because when we live as children of God and respond to these prophetic insights from the Father, we see the release of his grace. When we give encouragement, God releases and pours out his grace and his spirit on it. He loves to do this time and time again. We are the church. We are to be actively involved. It says build one another up. And builders are active. They're strong and um, they usually have big hands. I can always tell if one of my patients is a builder, they usually yeah, have big hands and they might be getting a hernia that needs fixed. They're usually quite um, good crack, but don't like to sit still for very long. They don't like um, to be hemmed in and they definitely don't like to be in hospital. 
they usually ask, how long will I be in for? Or how long will I be off my work? And if they don't ask that, you are worried that they'll go straight back to work <laughs> because they like to be busy. Um, but you can notice them a mile off. I can tell them a mile off now. Anyway, I think for us, what would it be like if we were known and seen as kingdom builders? That people would see something different when they see us. That we build one another up. We encourage one another with our hearts, with our hands, the way we speak to each other. And this encouragement is to be given in and out of season. You see, it's easy to give out and encourage others when everything's going well, isn't it? The sun's shining, the wind's in your sails, and you find it easy to see others, to notice what's going on in their life and to um, engage with them. But what about when times get tough, when times are hard and um, you might be counting yourself out already this morning as you hear this? You might have a lot going on and in a real valley season of despair. I know in my life the times that I've been in seasons of pain and longing and yet the Lord has called me on um, to speak into other people's lives. I haven't always got that right and I haven't always felt like doing it. You see, living with an internal purpose doesn't always add up. Let me say that again. Living with an internal purpose doesn't always add up. And I definitely don't get it right all the time. But I know the times that I have um, chosen to lean into the nudges of the Holy Spirit, that I have listened to his prompts and I have given out even from what feels like an empty place. I've found more favour more of his grace, more of his perspective. And more than that, a strange thing happens. My stuff gets smaller and God gets bigger. Or what about when someone else does it better? Barnabas brought Paul to Antioch and the church grew in number. Barnabas knew he needed help and he also knew Paul was anointed for the task. He enlisted the help of Paul and they worked together. You see, Barnabas was humble enough to step aside and let Paul in. He knew his own limitations, but he could easily have said, the church is going okay, it's, it's growing, um, I don't need any help, thank you very much. But he didn't. He had wisdom to call for Paul and the Lord blessed their work together. It says it grew in number. And I wonder how we would be in that situation, how we might react, or how do we respond when we see others doing well? At work, at school, in friendships, is it our first thought to tear down or to build up, to stand alongside? Or have you ever watched a young child as they knock a tower over? It's almost too tempting for them, isn't it? If they go into a room, they see a tower. Another child has been carefully putting a tower together brick by brick and proudly showing a parent. 
um, only for their tower to be kicked over by another toddler as their back is turned. The heartache, the despair, the embarrassment um, for everybody. But as the child grows and gets a little older and wiser, hopefully they learn that you can't go around doing that anymore and everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> you see, an immature response is to tear down. But maturity builds. It builds one another up. As I come to close, I want to read in Isaiah 35, 3. It says, strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will save you. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Be strong, do not fear. So we are to be a people that are generous towards God, that are constantly looking up and looking out, giving pieces of courage away to one another, constantly, again and again and again, in every season, in and out of season, that we watch for the sparkle, we look and see what the Lord is doing, and then we call out the gold and we see what he will do.